The Cavalcade of Sports is on the air. Gillette presents the World Series. From Sportsman's Park in St. Louis, we bring you a word picture and play-by-play report of the fourth and thus far most crucial game in the 1944 Baseball Championship Series. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Don Dunphy speaking for Bill Corum and Bill Slater. This is the sixth consecutive year that the Gillette Safety Razor Company has broadcast the World Series. For your further enjoyment throughout the year, it brings you spot broadcasts of other outstanding sports events, such as the Kentucky Derby, All-Star Baseball Game, and Football Bowl Games, plus a top-flight boxing show over many of these same stations every Friday night. Well, as you know by now, the St. Louis Browns, managed by Luke Sewell, are in the driver's seat, leading by two games to one. But the men of Billy Southworth, the Cardinals, are out to even things up this afternoon. Today, it's going to be left-handed Harry Brackeen, who has won 16 and lost five during the regular campaign for the Cardinals, and right-handed Sigmund Jack Jakuki, J-A-K-U-C-K-I, who had a mark of 13 victories and nine defeats in the regular campaign in the American League for the Browns. Recapping for a moment the three previous games, the Brownies moved out in front on Wednesday, taking the first game by a score of 2-1, to one, with Denny Galehouse, the winning pitcher, and Mort Cooper of the Cardinals, the loser. The second contest found the Cardinals evening things up, also a one-run victory, the Cardinals three, the Browns two, with Sylvester Blix Donnelly coming in in relief, and what a relief he was to Billy Southworth, and Bob Muncreep losing for the Browns, though pitching gamely. Yesterday, the Browning hitting asserted itself, and Jack Kramer was supreme on the mound as he struck out ten of the Redbirds and allowed them no earned runs as the, as the Browns won out six to two. Kramer, the winning pitcher yesterday, and Ted Wilkes, the loser. We've got the lineups now for this game this afternoon. And we're going to pass them along to you. There may be a final change in the Cardinal lineup, so we give it this with a slight reservation. However, here it is as we have it, and we think it's going to stand up. Danny Litweiler, left field for the St. Louis Cardinals. Danny Litweiler leading off in the batting order and playing left field. Johnny Hopp, center field. Stanley Musial, right field. Walker Cooper, catching. Ray Sanders, first base. George Whitey Kurowski, K-U-R-O-W-S-K-I, Kurowski, third base. Marty Marion, shortstop. Emil Verbe Verben, V-E-R-B-A-N, Verben, second base. And on the mound, left-handed Harry David Brackeen, B-R-E-C-H-E-E-N. B-R-E-C-H-E-E-N. Brackeen, the pitcher for the Cardinals, who as the visiting team are going to bat first this afternoon. Both starting pitchers, by the way, Jack Jacookie of the Browns and lefty Harry Brackeen of the Cardinals are now warming up. The Browns, the home team. Don Gutteridge. G-U-T-T-E-R-I-D-G-E. Gutteridge, second base. Mike Krevich, center field. Gene Moore, Right field. Vern Stevens. Shortstop. Chet Labs. L-A-A-B-S. Labs. Left field. George McQuinn. First base. Mark Christman. Third base. Myron Red Hayworth. Catching. And on the mound, Sigmund Jack Jacookie. 
J-A-K-U-C-K-I, Jakuki. The umpires at home plate, George Pipgrass of the American League. At first base, John Ziggy Sears of the National League. At second base, Bill McGowan of the American League. And at third base, Tom Dunn of the National League. And now, as is our custom on these cavalcade of sports broadcasts, it's our pleasure to bring into the microphone for a little pregame color, as only he can pass it on to you, our colleague from the New York Journal-American sports staff, Bill Corum. Bill, take it. Right, oh, Don, that band down there certainly comes in with take me out to the ball game right on the beat on these broadcasts, doesn't it? Well, a lot of people have been taking out to the ball game or brought themselves out here this afternoon. We're going to have another capacity house or near capacity about the same size as the two previous days I think perhaps a little bigger in slightly chillier weather just a little bit nicer if possible than it's been in the two previous days and of course the Cardinals and the Cardinal section of the stands are going to hope this afternoon that the Browns get a little bit chillier they've been considerably too hot for the Cardinals up to now I see that maestro James Luther Sewell of the Browns, now leading 2-1 to one in the series, has uh, shifted his batting order again in that interchangeable outfield of his and come up with Chet Labs. That's because Burkina is a southpaw. But you know, uh, Sewell has been doing that all year. He's got an outfield. He just kind of uh, picks them like picking them out of a hat. And somebody asked him down in Washington, Shirley Povitz, the Washington sports writer, was telling me this story. Somebody said to him, said, Luke, he said, do you feel those fellas getting hot on the bench? And Luke says, no. He says, I feel the guys out in the field getting cold. So that's the way he's been picking them with great success, as witness Gene Moore, who used to be, as you probably know, a Cardinal. Played some ball with the Cardinals around 1933, 34, 35. About 35 years old, more must be. A little balding, wispy-haired guy with a nice faint smile. But Sewell likes him, and uh, he's going like a house of fire next to the mighty McQuinn, who's sitting, hitting 625 and is way off the leading hitter of the series. He's been the best hitter the Browns have had. And for the Cardinals, the leading hitter and also the leading fellow afield so far in my book, as he usually is, is Marty Slats Marion. Somebody said that I said on one of these broadcasts that I thought Marion ranked third among shortstops. In fielding, I'm sure I never said any such thing. I did say that I thought Rody Wallace had been blanketed by the Flying Dutchman Hans Wagner, but I didn't pick anybody else. But since it's come up, I will. Of the shortstops I've seen, and I've seen a lot of them, Beauty Bancroft, remember I used to yell behind that picture? Beauty! Trav Jackson, the Giants, Arkansas Traveler, a honey. My good friend Joseph Aloysius Cronin of Boston, my pal, a great shortstop. Glenn Wright, oh, I could run down the list and pick out any number of great shortstops I've seen, but for fielding. Oh, I mustn't forget the lift, DeRocher. Got the ball away faster than almost anybody I ever saw. But this boy, Marion, to me, is the greatest fielding shortstop of all time or since I've been watching baseball anyhow. Now, I didn't see the Dutchman when he was at his best. He was slowing up and waning, but still a great shortstop and certainly a far greater hitter and far greater all-round ball player. McGraw used to say, even ahead of Cobb, but that's one of those American National League arguments we won't have to get into, even if this is an American National League series and a honey here in St. Louis. I do want to say a little bit more about the pitchers, though, before I go any further, and I leave it where I put it, that Marion, because he has better balance and more coordination for a big, tall, gangling kid, he just, well, he made a play out there. I'll go back for a second. He made a play out there at the end of the game yesterday on a hard-hit ball, came up with it and threw the runner out 25 feet. 
Now, I've seen other shortstops that would have made that play, but they probably would have got the runner by five feet, and that's the difference. I don't know why that boy has such marvelous balance, and uh, for a fellow that tall, such wonderful coordination, but he's got it, and that's his edge, and he can go high, and he can go to the side, and he can throw. So, now, coming to Jakuka, he's really an interesting fellow. He's uh, the only fellow on the Browns, the only player on this Brown team that was here when Don Barnes became president of the club. Then he went away. They sent him to Galveston. He didn't think he'd like it down there. It was the second time they dropped him back. So he went out and started pitching for the Semipros. And he pitched in two or three of those championship series out in Wichita, as I recall, and then made the hop directly back here. Now, a lot of Semipro players have come from that series and from other Semipro games into the major leagues. But this is the only fellow I know that's made the hop direct right to the big league. And uh, the fellow is a, a Gatlin gun pitcher. He just fires right through there all the time. And the Cardinal hitters, I think, uh, from what I know about them, will like that sort of pitching. They fidget a lot, Musial and some of these Cardinal boys at bat. And I think they, they will appreciate whether they can hit him or not. Uh, that's not the question. I think they'll appreciate this quick delivery of Jakuki. McKean is one of the best fielding pitchers in baseball. They call him the cat, the weasel, or whatever you want. But the boy from Broken Bowl is like old fat Freddie Fitzsimmons used to be. He's just as agile as a cat and feels that position out there beautifully. Now, in his off time, when he has off time, Jakuki, who's kicked around, played ball out in the islands, even played in Japan, though. I guess he's not very proud of that. But uh, played with those island teams out around Hawaii for a great many years, and they started a movement out there at one time to send him to the majors. And that's when he came up the first time. Now, he... Uh, as I was saying, in his off time, if he has any, is a paper hanger and painter. And I suppose in his mind, as I watch him down there now, warming up in the white home uniform of the Brownies, he's hoping that he can hang a little whitewash on these Cardinals. And if he can, well, then this World Series is going to be in desperate states for Southworth and the National Leaguers. But we'll have to see how that turns out as the game goes. And that's all for now, but I'll be back after the game to tell you how things look to me from the press box. Well, the crowd, and it's a tremendous crowd out here in good old St. Louis this afternoon, an amiable crowd, and I think is going to root a little bit harder than it did in the, pre the three previous games, is settling back now, and they just let up a roar when the name of Jack Jacuki was announced as the St. Louis Browns pitcher. As you probably know by now, the Cardinals were the home teams in the first two games, and the Browns are the home team in the following three, and this is the second game in which the Browns are the home team. They were the home team yesterday, which means they're wearing the home white uniforms and occupying the dugout behind third base here at Sportsman's Park. And the Cardinals, the visiting team wearing the traveling gray, are occupying the dugout behind first base. And now, here to come into the microphone for the first time this afternoon and describe the first four and a half innings of what should be a great ball game is our colleague on these cavalcade of sports broadcast bill slater bill you're coming in as the browns are taking the field good afternoon everyone and thank you don the crowd roars of course as you can hear in the background as the brownies go out on the field here they are with christman at third Vern stevens at shortstop gutteridge at second silent george mcquinn at first in left field this afternoon chester labs in center field mike krevich and in right field gene moore striding to the mound now is sigmund jack cookie and behind the plate is myron red hayward the national anthem, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. 
2,000 standing raptly at attention as the national anthem is played. An old glory floats high from the flagstaff in deep center field. The facilities and services of the Baseball Commissioner and the National and American Leagues of Professional Baseball Clubs, the St. Louis National Baseball Club, and the St. Louis American League Club have been furnished gratuitously to War Relief and Service Fund Incorporated, which is conducting this game. And the Baseball Commissioner, Leagues, and Clubs are acting as agents for War Relief and Service Fund Incorporated in conducting this game. And now, while the Brownies take their last-minute warm-ups and the first batter for the cards gets ready to come out, we're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Mutual. This is WGN, the voice of the people, Chicago 11. It's Danny Litweiler, the left fielder, Pennsylvania lad, who's going to lead off for the cards here in this very, very crucial game. The Browns are two up on the cards, as you know. And this afternoon, the cards will have to win this ball game, or the odds will be running very, very heavily against them and in favor of the pre-series underdog St. Louis Browns. The Brownies have, as you know, come through in their intrepid fashion. And with that great spirit of theirs, it has characterized not only their dash to the pennant, but their participation in these series here. <coughs> Litweiler, a right-handed batter, is standing in there. He's had one hit out of seven times up. Jacuki pitches inside to him. Litweiler leans back. And the game gets underway with the count. Ball one on Danny Litweiler. The right-handed hitter is Litweiler. He was in the ball game yesterday. Up five times. No hits. Takes the next pitch from Jacuki outside. A curve ball breaking down and low. Ball two. Two and oh the count. Outfield straight away on Litweiler. The pitch a called strike. Litweiler choked up as if to bunt. Took it. And it was in there just above the knees. A fastball by Mr. Sig Jack Cookie. But while the swings and misses on the next one, strike two. Two balls, two strikes as the ball game gets underway and the crowd roars. People still pouring in. Stands absolutely jammed this afternoon. Here's the next pitch. And it's swung on. He strikes Litweiler out. Jack Cookie begins the ball game by striking out the first batter. Standing in now is Johnny Hopp. Hopp is the speedy center fielder. Hop is batting 143 in the season. He's had two hits out of 14 times up. Yesterday he went one for four. Hop crowds the plate just a trifle. Left-handed hitter. Sig Jack Cookie winds up, pitches quickly, a called strike, a fastball above the knees on the outside corner. Jack Cookie, one of the fastest operating pitchers in the business. Now he stamps that right foot of his on the rubber a little bit. One out, nobody on, top of the first inning. Fourth game of this great 44 series underway. Up a very sturdy and speedy Nebraskan. Swings, hits it on the ground. It's to the right of Gutteridge. He makes a nice stop on it, but can't control it. And Hop is on with an infield hit. It's a hit. It was hit sharply to the right of Don Gutteridge, the second baseman. He went to his right, knocked it down, but couldn't get control of it and throw Hop out. And Hop is on. Man on first, one out. Top of the first inning. Stan Musial, another left-handed hitter. The slugger of the card stands in there. Pitch to him, swung on, a long ball hit deep to right field. It's going far out into right field. It's landing on the roof for a home run. Second home run of the series. This one hit by Stan Musial puts the cards ahead two to nothing. Bing, boom, and fifth right here in the top of the first inning. 
a tremendous blow it was going clear up on the roof of the pavilion in deep right field Hollingsworth now warming up for the Brownies standing in here is the next card hitter is Walker Cooper nobody on two runs in and one out Big Walker is at 273 in the series. Hits this one. It's a bounder back to the mound. It comes down to Jack Cookie. He throws, and Cooper is out. Cooper going out on a high bounder to the mound. Jack Cookie getting it and tossing him out at first. Two out. Two out, two runs in. As this game sizzles underway. Coming up to the plate now, long-rangey Ray Sanders. He's hit 333 in the season. Three hits out of nine times up and walked four times. Pitch to him, a call strike, a fastball on the outside corner. Jack Cookie kicking the dirt around a little bit on the mound out there. Pitches again, Sanders takes a call strike. It was a fastball, just high. Next pitch outside, ball one. One ball, two strikes. Two out, two runs in. Hop singled, an infield single, and Stan Musial. Picked out the one he liked and smacked it over the roof. Call strike on Sanders. He strikes him out. So that's all for the cards in the top of the first inning. Ray Sanders going down on a call third strike. A little bit irritated about it and throws his bat across the ground toward the dugout. Which for the Cardinals today is down the first base line. The Brownies, the home team this afternoon, are occupying the dugout down the third base line. And now the Browns have got a job for themselves as the cards are ahead. Making two runs on two hits. Nobody left on and no brownie errors in the top of the first inning. And the stands are a constant roar. That was the sharpest demonstration of cardinal hitting power that we've had so far. Now Harry the Cat for Keene goes out to the mound. For Keene's going to be the man that Billy Southworth counts on this afternoon. For Keene, incidentally, was the man who pitched the game up in Boston that clinched the pennant for the cards back in September. Oddly enough, opposing him on the mound today is Sigmund Jack Cookie, who pitched that Sunday ball game, the 5-2 victory over the Yankees, last Sunday that clinched the flag for the Brownies. So the two flag-clinching hurlers are going at it this afternoon, and at the moment, Brackeen is ahead. B-R-E-C-H-W-E-N, Harry David Brackeen. He's born in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and lives in Ada, Oklahoma. So you have a fiery gentleman from the great state of Oklahoma on the mound, left-handing them in for the cards this afternoon. All right, a roar comes up as Don Gutteridge comes up as the first hitter for the Brownies. Gutteridge bats right-handed. He's had one hit in the series, hitting at .083. A Kansas lad, a right-handed hitter. Stands square away in the batter's box. Parks the bat on his shoulder now as Burkeen digs that left foot of his in on the mound and gets ready to work. Here's the wind-up and the pitch to Gutteridge. Outside, ball one. Two to nothing, the score. Cards, a single by Johnny Hopp and a home run by Stan Musial. Went ahead in the top of the first inning. Rakeen working again. Here it comes. Gutteridge swings, fouls it off. It lands on the screen behind the catcher. A new ball put in play. One ball, one strike. It's almost impossible to impart to anyone by the mere use of words the thrill and the suspense and the intense interest that surrounds this great 1944 series here on the banks of the Mississippi. Splendid weather. Every prospect pleasing in St. Louis. Great baseball. All right, Burkeen taking plenty of time. Shoots the one and one pitch to Gutteridge who swings on it and misses it. Strike two. Little Don Gutteridge, a graduate of Kansas State Teachers College, going overseas to entertain soldiers when the season's over. 
Married and got one little youngster. Rakeen takes plenty of time on the mound. He works slowly. Jakuki works rapidly. The pitch to Gutteridge. Up high and inside for ball two. Two balls, two strikes. Outfield plays Gutteridge straight away. Rakeen working very carefully. This is a crucial game for both teams, but particularly so for the Cards. The pitch swung on and missed. He struck him out. And so both pitchers strike out the first man to face them. Jack Cookie struck out Litweiler. And now Burkeen has started things off for the Cardinals by striking out Don Gutteridge. Walking up to the plate now, center fielder Mike Krevich, K-R-E-V-I-C-H. Krevich, a right-handed hitter, batting 154 so far in the series. Two hits out of 13 times up, one of them a double. Yesterday he went hitless. All right, Burkeen shoots it in. It's outside and low, ball one. Previch is the shortest man on the Brownie squad. An Illinois gentleman. Burkeen studying the signal. Now takes his time. A long wind up. The pitch swung on. It's going out into left field. Litweiler is charging in on it, and he can't get it. It falls in for a hit. Previch rounds first, goes back, holding on with a single. And that's an absolute replica of the way the top half of this inning got underway. First man up for the card struck out. The second man single. That's happened now for the Browns. Gutteridge struck out. Previch is single now to left. Man on first, one out. Gene Moore, the right fielder, is the next hitter. He bats left-handed, hitting at 333 for the season. Four hits out of 12 times up. Rakeen looks at first. That's where Previch is leading off. The pitch to Moore, swung on, fouled off. It goes into the stands up to the left of the catcher. Moore has scored three runs. In the series, he scored a run every day for the Brownies. 35-year-old Texan is Gene Moore. Very deservedly moved up to number three in the batting order. Started down in number five spot when the series began. One strike on him. Krebich leading off first, one away. Last half the first. Pitch is outside, ball one. One ball, one strike. I stood behind Moore down there when he was uh, in batting practice against left-hand pitching today. He was asking the batting practice pitcher throw me curves so he was practicing on left-handed curves let's see if the practice pays off the pitch to Moore is swung on it's a deep one deep deep out into right field hop is running for it makes an amazing catch and then crashes against the wall now he throws the ball back to first previous is sprinting back and previous gets back as hop makes a beautiful catch You'll travel a million miles. You'll never see a better catch than that one. Hop was off at the crack of the bat. It was a screaming long fly going deep to right center field. Hop went back, back deeply to his left. At the last moment, stuck up his gloved hand. He had the ball in there and then twisted around, crashed into the wall. As soon as he could get off the wall, he threw the ball back to first. Previch was all the way past second, but Previch managed to beat it back to first. Two out and a man on first and Vern Stevens standing in. Stevens batting an even 100 so far in the season. One hit out of 10 times up. He got that hit yesterday. Right-handed batter is Stevens. Takes the first pitch from Burkeen outside. Ball one. Stevens' father is here from California today. Vernon Decatur Stevens Sr. This is Vernon Decatur Stevens Jr. at the plate. And tomorrow, Vernon Decatur Stevens III, a little 19-month-old son of Vern the batter, is going to be out here at the ballpark. The pitch, a call strike on Stevens. A curveball broke in there beautifully by Harry Burkeen. 
One strike, one ball now, the count on Vern Stevens. Two out. The crowd still in a tumult over that great catch by Johnny Hopp. Hopp used all of his artistry and his speed on that one. Burkane delivers. It's low into the dirt. Outside. Ball two. Two and one, the count on Stevens, who steps out of the batter's box now, rubs up a little dirt on his hands and gets back in there. Hits from a very wide batting stand, spreads his feet way wide apart. The pitch swung on, fouled off, going into the screen just below us here. Strike two. Two balls, two strikes. Every pair of eyes in this jam-packed stand watches the every movement of every ball that's pitched. And why not? A tremendous tense series, stirring up interest clear around the civilized world. Rakeen working very, very carefully now on the new ball that's put in play. Has it rubbed up to his satisfaction, looks into Walker Cooper for the signal, has it? Stretches, looks at Previch leading off first. Pitches to Stevens, who swings on it and foul tips it. Count remains. Two balls, two strikes. The ball just lands in the dirt right for the plate. Plate umpire Georgie Pipgrass picks it up and scientifically inspects it. Turns it around in his hand, looking it over from every angle, as a careful housewife would inspect an orange in a market before purchasing it. All right, Pipgrass says that uh, ball will do. Burkeen gets it back. The two and two pitch now is going to be on its way to Stevens in a second. Burkeen stretching. Here it comes. He takes it outside. Ball three. You can hear the collective uh, holding of the breath by the crowd on that one. It was Burkeen trying for the outside corner. And Stevens, with an eagle eye on that ball, took it. And now it makes a full count. Three and two. With two out. Krivich will be moving on this pitch. Here comes the pitch. Krivich is going. Stevens hits it. It's down to the shortstop. Marion. The play is at first. Stevens is out. Short to first. In the last half of the first inning, no runs for the Browns. One hit, one man left on. No errors by the Cards. The score at the end of the first inning is St. Louis Cardinals 2, St. Louis Browns nothing. Lou Boudreaux, manager of the Cleveland Indians, the American League batting champion, and the youngest man ever to pilot a major league team, is here for a word with us. Uh, Lou, uh, what is the Indri Indians' favorite razor blade? Why, the Gillette Blue Blade, of course, Bill. Now, what's your slant on that, Lou? Well, that's easy, Bill. You get a lift out of shaving with a Gillette Blue Blade. A smooth shave is mighty refreshing after playing nine innings in the sun. Sometimes Gillette Blue Blades are hard to get, but they're worth looking for. Yes, Lou, they are worth looking for. But they last longer than other blades, and you don't have to buy them so often. And the reason Gillette Blue Blades are scarce at times is that a big part of our production goes to men in the service. George Whitey Kurowski comes up to bat first as the second inning starts. Kurowski, a right-handed batter. A very powerful fellow, hitting at 250 for the season. Three hits out of 12 times up. One of his hits a double. Bats right-handed. Sig Jack Cookie gets ready to pitch to him. He does so. A call strike. Curveball snapping over the outside corner just below the waist. Now Kurowski backs out of the batter's box, rubs up a little dirt, rubs it on his pants, and then grabs hold of his bat. Kurowski wears his cap back fairly far on his head. Jack Cookie pitches low and outside. The ball. Ball one. One ball, one strike. 
Jakuki working quickly. Kurowski hits it a high fly to center field. Mike Krivich is coming in under it. He's parked under it, waiting for it. He's got it. Kurowski is out on a high fly to center field. One out in the top of the second. And now the long gangling gentleman from South Carolina advancing on the plate. Slats Marion. Marion batting at 364 for the season as the leading hitter. 364 for the series, rather, is the leading hitter of the cards. The pitch to him swung on and missed. The big long man went way around on that. Marion has had two singles, two doubles, and he's been walked twice. Outside is Jakuki's next delivery, ball one. One ball, one strike. Jakuki pitches just about as fast as we can talk to you. Waste no time. Marion swings on the next one, a ground ball to Stevens. Stevens has it, the throw to first, in time. Marion is out, short to first. Two out, nobody on. Walking business-like up to the plate now is Emil Verbin, second baseman who hits right-handed. Verbin hitting at 286 for the series. Two hits out of seven times up. Verbin's a good-looking chap. Here's the pitch to him. He attempts to bunt it, fouls it off, strike one. Verbin is on his way down to first, has to turn around, come walking back now. Best laid plans of mice and men, gang after Glay. Thought he was going to bunt that one. He was on his way down to first. Bourbon used to play with Tiffin, Ohio, Alexandria, Louisiana, Decatur, Illinois, and Fremont, Ohio. Hits the next ball on the ground back to Stevens. Stevens to his left has it. Throws him out by three strides. Bourbon out. Short to first. The cards are retired in order here in the top of the second inning. No runs, no hits, nobody left on. And no errors by the Browns. Speaking of errors, the Cards, who are now taking the field as the Browns come to bat, haven't made an error so far in this series. The Cards, uh, incidentally, made a new Major League fielding record this year with a fielding average of .982. That tops the Cincinnati Reds' average of .981, which was the Major League record. They set that, the Reds did, back in 1940. The Cards, in the whole season this year, made only 112 errors which is the fewest ever made in one season by any major league club. Now those good fielding cards go out there. They have their job cut out for them. They built up a two-run lead in the top of the first inning, and if you weren't tuned in then, this is what happened. Johnny Hopp, the second man up after Litweiler had struck out, hit an infield single, got on at first. And Musial, the big left-handed hitter from Denora, Pennsylvania, stepped in then, picked out the first pitch. It was to his liking. He slapped it far, wide, and handsome onto the roof in deep right field for a home run. And boom, the cards were ahead two to nothing. That's where they stand now, and it's the last half of the second. Chet Labs will be the first hitter. He's back in left field this afternoon. Alan Zarilla was out there yesterday. Labs is a right-handed hitter. So far, Labs hasn't hit in the series. He's been up eight times. He's got a little boy in a St. Louis Browns uniform, a four-year-old kid with a big number one on his back who comes out here and works out every day before the series game. Now Harry the Cat Brickeen gets ready to pitch to Chester Labs. Here it comes. Labs swings and misses. A curveball that broke away. Strike one on Labs. Labs, ironically enough, was the chap who banged out the two home runs in the closing game of the American League season. That iced the pennant for the Brownies, but he hasn't hit yet in the series. Lab swings on it's a long fly to left field Littweiler is to his left makes a nice running catch on it when he gets it he runs up against the wall props himself off of it just sort of playfully tossed the ball back underhanded to Johnny Hopp Labs met it flush on the nose 
Drove it into left field, where Littweiler made a nice catch on it. Silent George McQuinn, the tall reserve Virginian, who plays at first base for the Brownies. Steps up there now, hitting left-handed. McQuinn has the best batting average of any man in the series. He's hitting at 625, five hits out of eight times up. A homer, two doubles, and he's been walked four times. Pitch to him high by Bacrean. Sort of a three-quarter speed delivery that stayed up high. McQuinn stands deep in the batter's box, over pretty close to the catcher. Crowds the plate just a little bit. Here it comes. He swings on it, hits it over Marion's head in the left field for a hit. Fielded by Littweiler, tossed back in. McQuinn comes through with hit number two off Harry Burkeen. Man on first, one away. Third baseman Mark Christman, right-handed hitter, standing in. Christman batting .083 for the series. One hit out of 12 time, uh, times up. That hit was yesterday. He's a St. Louis resident, as Mr. Christman. Swings on this one, hits it back for a hit. It's going into right center field. McQuinn is heading for third. Here comes the throw to third. It's going to be close. McQuinn is safe. Sliding in. Mark Crispin came in with his second hit of the series. George McQuinn on the move. Made it all the way around to third. He beat Musial's throw. Sliding in. And now it's Myron Harris coming up. Bud Byerly warming up in the bullpen for the Cardinals. The pitch to Hayworth, low. Ball one. The cards are ahead, two to nothing. It's the last of the second. The Brownies have men at first and third with one out. The bottom end of the batting order coming up. Red Hayworth standing in. Hayworth, the right-handed batter. He's had one hit in the series. That was a double. Hitting at 100. Now he gets a little tired of waiting for Burkeen. Backs out of the batter's box. The count on Hayworth. 1-0. Myron Red Hayworth. Tall, husky fellow from North Carolina. The pitch to him. Swung on and hit down to third base. Kurowski has it to throw at second. One out. The throw on to first. A double play. A double play, 5-4-3, to four to three, and Hayworth broke his bat on the business. So in the last half of the second inning, no runs for the Browns, two hits. One man left on and no errors by the cards. At the end of the second inning, the score is St. Louis Cardinals 2, St. Louis Browns nothing. This broadcast goes direct to American soldiers and sailors in all theaters of war. Because Army regulations forbid use of the sponsor's name on short wave, Gillette makes no mention of its products except at moments like this when the overseas monitor deletes them. So now's a good time to tell you that Gillette brushless speed shaving and makes it more refreshing as well. Also, it's greaseless, rinses instantly, and never clogs your razor or gums up the washbowl drain. In short, it's a beard softener that makes shaving so easy that you do a swell job in a hurry with perfect comfort. Wherever you go, you see Gillette brushless on display. Ask your dealer for a tube. See for yourself what clean, smooth, good-looking shaves you get on the double. Harry the Cat Burkeen, the pitcher, will be the first hitter here in the top of the third inning for the Cards, who are leading two to nothing. Gives us a little chance to take another close look at this chap, uh, Jakuki. When he was 16 years old, Sigmund enlisted in the Army, and he served five years out in Hawaii. He proved to be the standout with the Army teams out there, but he left the Army back in 31. 
stayed on in the islands for a while playing baseball out there, took a team, as a matter of fact, over to Japan to play there. Back in 1934, after he had come back to organize baseball, he was released to Galveston. Uh, down there, he was an outfielder, but he decided if he was going to do anything, he'd have to be a pitcher. 35 and 36, he played down the Texas League. 37, he worked out in training camp at the Browns, but he was later sent back to Galveston, so he decided to quit organized baseball. As Bill Coram told you, he played semi-pro ball down there. In addition, he made use of his trade as a paper hanger and a painter in the offseason. In 1943, last year, he went to work in the Houston shipyards. Besides his work in the shipyards, he spent considerable of his time with the baseball team representing his company. His work on the mound for that team attracted the Browns' management, and here he is back here for another tryout in pitching in the World Series. He's pitching now to Harry Burkeen. Fogs a call strike in on Burkeen, who bats left-handed as he pitches. Burkeen fouls off the next one, falls down in the batter's box after doing so. He was giving it a lusty swing. Two strikes on Harry the Cat Burkeen. This is Burkeen's first time at bat in the series. Jakuki goes back for the second time in the game to the Rosenberg. He's a quick worker on the mound. Pitches. Burkeen strikes out. Went around swinging. Those cards are up there swinging today. Believe me. Even Harry Burkeen, the pitcher. Now coming up is left fielder Danny Litweiler. Litweiler struck out his first time up in the game. That's right-handed. Sturdy fella. Swings on this one. Hits a hard ground ball to the left of Stevens. Stevens knocks it down but can't control it. And Litweiler is on. We'll see how that's scored in just a second. It's a hit. An infield hit for Danny Litweiler. He hit it hard on the ground. A shortstop less agile than Vern Stevens wouldn't have been able to knock it down. But Stevens did. But he couldn't grab hold of it and throw Litweiler out. And Litweiler is on. With an infield hit to deep shortstop. One out. Man at first. Johnny Hopp was singled in the first inning and scored a run ahead of Musial's homers. Swings on the first one. Fouls it off. Now again Al Hollingsworth is working out in the bullpen for the Brownies. He's a lefty. One strike to count on Johnny Hopp. Hippity Hopp but not the barbershop, to the baseball game. Hippity hop, Johnny hop, one strike. Pitch swung on, two strikes. Johnny gave that one the Gazotskalu, but he couldn't connect. Two strikes on him. Dan Litweiler, the handsome Pennsylvanian, leading off first. Two to nothing to score, the cards are leading. They're batting now. Hop swing, strikes out. Strikeout number four for Sigmund Jack Cookie. J-A-K-U-C-K-I, Jack Cookie. Now with two out and the man on first, up comes the big boy who slashed out the homer in the first inning. Stan Musial, left-handed batter. The pitch swung on, a hard ground ball to Stevens at shortstop. He has to charge it, and he can't pick it up and make the throw. It was a hard one to do. It was a slow bounder back towards second base, and it's a base hit. Scored as a base hit for Musial, his second hit of the day. Both of these hits in this top of the third inning have been of the infield variety. Litweiler moved to second on the play. Musial is at first. Two are out. And up comes the big catcher, Walker Cooper. And he's a big one. Now the plate umpire, Georgie Pipgrass, keeping an eagle eye on that ball that these pitchers are using, asks, asks Jack Cookie to toss that one in there, and he does. Umpire says, uh, it's all right. So Walker Cooper with his little brother Sam, who is the bat boy of the afternoon for the cards, coming out to get the rosin bag after Walker gets done with it. Walker is ready to go. Men at first and second. 
pitch is fouled off. Started to pull away from it at Nicky's bat and rolled on the ground behind the catcher. One strike. Cooper, a big right-handed hitter, grounded out to the pitcher his first time up. He's had three hits so far in the series. Two of them have been doubles. Walker is the best hitting catcher in Major League Baseball this year. Jakuki pitches. Cooper swings on it. It's a hit. Going into left field. Litwiler is rounding third. Coming in to score. The throw is to third. Litwiler scores and the cards are ahead three to nothing. Litwiler scored from second on Walker Cooper's hit into left field. Stan Musial stopping at second. They have one run in now. Top of the third inning. Two out. Men at first and second. Cards ahead. Three to nothing. Jakuki getting reached now for five hits. Ray Sanders up. Swings and misses on the first one. Sanders a left-handed hitter. The tall fellow that plays at first base for the Cardinals. Formerly starred with Columbus, Ohio and Columbus, Georgia. Sanders struck out first time he faced Jakuki. Swings, hits it on the ground. It's deep to, and it goes through at second. Coming in to score is Musial. The throw to the plate is not in time, and Walker Cooper goes to third. It's an error on Don Gutteridge, the second baseman. A hard-hit ground ball went right between his legs out into right field. And while the ball was being retrieved out there by Gene Moore... Stan Musial came in to score from second with run number four for the Cards, and Walker Cooper, running in Cardinal fashion, got all the way around to third. So two out. Sanders at first, Cooper at third, and George Whitey Kurowski up there. A right-handed batter is Big Kurowski. Jakuki stretches. Pitches. Kurowski takes a call strike just above his knees. Had a message today from Whitey's brother, Walter in the Navy. Says that Whitey's injury to his right arm was not caused by a mine accident, as has been popularly supposed and as I repeated the other day. But it happened up in Reading. Pitch swung on. Hit down the left field line. Foul. Foul by about two feet. It was a hard hit ball smacked on the nose by Whitey Karowski. Cooper is at third. Big walker. Tall Ray Sanders is at first. Two are out. Two runs are in. Cards are ahead. Four to nothing. Jack Cookie feeling the heat of this cardinal batting power. An indomitable fellow, though. Gets up on the mound there, stretches, gets ready to pitch him in. Here it comes. Krauski swings on. It's a ground ball to Stevens at shortstop. He scoops it up. The play at first. Krauski is out. And the side is retired. In the top of the third inning, two runs for the Cardinals on one, two, three hits. Two men left on and one brownie error. So the score going into the last half of the third inning is four to nothing in favor of the Cardinals over the Browns. You know, all baseballs hit into the stands today may be kept by fans as souvenirs and count will be kept on them. The Browns will substitute the same number from their own supply and send them to the Army and Navy camps, which is a little break for the crowd this afternoon. So the ones that are hit up into the stands today will not go to the armed forces. They'll go to the lucky people who catch them. And then a similar number will be sent by the Brownies to the armed forces. So I suppose if the people in the stands knew that, that would pep up the fielding of those balls hit into the stands. No end. We move now into the last half of the third inning. Harry Burkeen goes to the mound. 
gets ready to do some working here. He has a four-run lead, which is the widest margin of lead that any card pitcher has held in this series. Widest by far. The games have been low-scoring games. The Brownies won the first one, as you know, two to one. The Cards grabbed the second one in 11 innings, three to two, and yesterday the Browns triumphed six to two. Now, going into the last half of the third inning of this fourth ball game, the Cards are out in front by a score of four to nothing. If you weren't in in the first inning, the two runs there came from Johnny Hop's single, followed by Stan Musial's homer. In this third inning, three hits and an error produced two more runs for the Cardinals. Jack Cookie himself comes in. I believe it's Jack Cookie. We'll see. No, it's Ellis Clary coming in. Jack Cookie is going out of the game. Clary is batting for him. Clary, a right-handed batter, takes the first pitch. Was inside for a ball. Clary comes from Valdosta down in Georgia. Takes the next pitch outside for ball two. Clary's a short fellow, 5'8". Started his major league career last year with Washington. Hits right-handed. Pitch to him, a call strike. So Luke Sewell is lifting Sigmund Jakuki, putting in Alice Clary, an infielder and a pinch hitter. Here in the start of the last half of the third, trying to get back those four runs by which the cards lead. Clary swings on it. It's a pop-up out into right field. Musial running for it to his left. Has it, and he takes it for the out. So Clary flies out to right field. One out. Don Gutteridge, the leadoff man in the Brownie batting order, steps up. It'll be Al Hollingsworth to come to the mound for the Browns, I believe. He's been the only Brownie pitcher out there warming up. One out, nobody on. Gutteridge, who struck out his first time up, a right-handed hitter, steps in. Burkeen pitches one to him, and he slams it into center field for a hit. Gutteridge's second hit of the season, of the series. Fielded out there by Johnny Hopp and left-handed back into second base. So Gutteridge comes through, and that is hit number four. Off Perry Burkeen, hit the center. Gutteridge at first, one out. Mike Krivich, who got a single to left. When he first came up in this game, right-handed batter stands in now. Gutteridge, a very speedy fella, leads off first. The pitch Krivich gets the outside corner. A nice delivery by Harry the Cat for Keen. Strike one. Krivich waving that old bat back and forth. Takes it outside. A ball down low. Gutteridge taking a pretty liberal lead off first. He's a speed demon. He stole 20 bases during the regular season for the Browns. Previch has had three hits so far. Now Burkeen bending over, peering in very earnestly for Walker Cooper's signal. Has it. Stretches. Pitches. It's swung on. Fouled off into the ground. Walker Cooper picks it up, throws it back out to Burkeen. Two strikes. One ball and two strikes. Man at first, one out, last the third, cards in front, four to nothing. Outfield straight away on Krivich, infield fairly deep, pitch low and outside. 
Infield only mediumly deep on previously. Come up a little bit. Double play minded. Gutteridge is at first. All right, Fakim takes plenty of time. Two and two is the count on Krebich. Rakeen watching Gutteridge carefully at first. Pitches now to the plate. Krebich swings on it. It's a high, long fly to deep left field. Litweiler is under it, and he's got it. And Gutteridge all the way down to second has to move to get back to first in time. Litweiler took a throw on him. Krebich is out on a fly ball to left. Gutteridge remains at first, two away. Gene Moore bats now. Left-handed hitter is little Gene. 35-year-old Texan. Spends his winters on his small ranch near Lancaster down in Texas. He's a neighbor of Dizzy Dean down there. Plays golf and goes hunting with the peerless Diz. Two out, one on. Gene Moore, who has been dangerous throughout the whole series up, takes a call strike, a curveball that nicks the outside corner to the left-handed hitter. Moore flied out to center his first time up. He's had four hits out of 13 times up in the series. Burkine working carefully, pitches. Moore takes another call strike. A beautiful delivery by Harry the Cat. Comes in there. Just above the knees, between the knees and the waist. Moore has a very odd stance at the plate. Stands with his left foot back and his right foot up almost by the plate. And he stands there and sort of just wiggles his bat a little bit. Then when the ball is pitched, he lifts that front foot forward into the front of the batter's box and leans into it. Two strikes on him. Swings and strikes out. In the last of the third inning, no runs, one hit, one man left on for the Brownies, no errors for the Cards. The score at the end of the third inning is St. Louis Cards 4, St. Louis Browns nothing. Men of the Merchant Marine are doing magnificent work to help speed victory. Their part of the big job will never be forgotten. Today, more men are desperately needed if we are to succeed in keeping our army supplied and our casualties down. So great is the emergency that experienced seamen can get standby pay, full wages the minute they register. Also needed are specialists, radio telegraphers, cooks, and bakers, with or without sea experience. The pay is excellent. And remember, modern Liberty and Victory ships have comfortable bunks, home-style food, libraries, and recreational facilities. Decide now to get in on the Victory Cruise. Wire collect to Merchant Marine, Washington, D.C., giving name, address, and rating, or go to your nearest WSA office, Maritime Union Hall, or U.S. Employment Service Branch. Inning number four finds a new pitcher on the mound for the Brownies. It's lefty Albert Hollingsworth, H-O-L-L-I-N-G-S-W-O-R-T-H. For the season, he has won five and lost seven. Lives here in St. Louis. He's married and got uh, three kids, two gals and a boy. Stands 6'1", weighs around 200, 34 years old. This is his ninth year in the majors. He started with the Red Legs back in 1936. The Browns got him from Sacramento, however, after the 41 season. He's one of the best hitting pitchers in baseball. Pitched 93 innings this season, given up 107 hits. Walked 37, struck out 22. Pitched three complete games. Standing up to face him now as Hollingsworth begins his mound duties at the top of the fourth inning is Marty Marion. Hollingsworth promptly pitches him a call strike just above the knees. Marion, tall right-handed batter. Swings on the next one, fouls it off. Strike two. Tech Shirley is warming up in the Brownie bullpen now. 
No activity in the card bowl pass. The beginning of the fourth inning. The cards are out in front, four to nothing. Marion, the batter, two strikes on him. Outfield straight away on Martin. Swings on this one. It's a bounding ball to Gutteridge at second. Don has it and throws him out by ten feet. Marion out, second to first. This brings up Emo Verbin. Second baseman, a right-handed hitter is Verbin. Verbin grounded out to Vern Stevens at shortstop his first time up. He's had two hits so far in the series. Hollingsworth left hands it in there. Verbin takes it outside and low for ball one. Verbin's boyhood uh, baseball idol was Frankie Frisch. And Frisch is here watching Verbin perform today as Verbin undoubtedly wished he could come and watch Frank perform. Pitch to Verbin is fouled off back onto the screen here. A high pop-up. One strike. One ball, one strike. Emo's parents were born in Yugoslavia. But Bourbon himself was born in Lincoln, Illinois, where his father was in the grocery business. One ball, one strike, the count on Bourbon. Hollingsworth delivers the ball. That's hit out into center field. Krevich is to his left and takes it for the out. A line drive hit by Bourbon, pulled in by Mike Krevich in center field. Two out. Rakeen scheduled a hit. Little Sammy Cooper, the 16-year-old younger brother of... Martin Walker Cooper, taking care of the bats today for the St. Louis Cardinals, was telling me about his brother Jimmy, who's in the Navy, and about his other brother, R.J., Robert, who's in a defense plant down in Tennessee. Very proud of that fine family of five brothers. Rakeen up there, takes a pitch low and inside for ball one. Hollingsworth, tugging on the peak of his cap, sturdy-looking fellow, big man. Winds up. Works. Rakeen swings, fouls it into the ground behind the plate. One strike and one ball. Crowd suddenly become very quiet, waiting to see what their brownies can do against the four-run lead that the cards have. The cards belong to them, too. The pitch inside a bit. Ball two. Hollingsworth doesn't work. Uh, with anything like the speed that Sigmund Jakuki used. I don't mean speed on throwing, I mean speed in working. Jakuki just threw one right after the other. Hollingsworth takes his time. He throws in a call strike, a fastball just above the knees. Went zipping into Myron Hayworth's glove down there with a resounding thud you could hear all the way up here in the booth. Two out, nobody on. Pitch swung on, hit down on the ground to Crispin the third. He makes a nice stop on it and throws him out. Rakeen out on a beautiful play by Mark Crispin, the third baseman. No runs for the cards in the top of the fourth. No hits, none left on, and no errors by the Brownies. So we move into the last half of the fourth inning now, and the cards are still ahead of the Brownies by a score of four to nothing. The Brownies look very, very determined as they go back to their dugout, and their manager, Luke Sewell, comes walking out of the dugout saying a few words to the men as they pass him and taking up his post now in the third base coaching box. Where, like a great many managers, he does a lot of uh, sod ripping with the cleats of his baseball shoes on that uh, sod that once was down there in the third base coaching box. His third base coaching box is occupied during this series by a couple of very earnest and and active uh, coaching box pacers. Luke Sewell, who moves back and forth in that coaching box with plenty, and Billy Southworth, who does it also, but with much quicker and shorter steps than Sewell's. 
Well, it's a tremendous strain and a lot of responsibility that's placed on these managers here in the World Series. Burkeen, still looking very sharp, is on the mound, completing his warm-up pitches, standing just outside the batter's box, ready to get going for the Browns, is Vern Stevens, the shortstop. Stevens rubs up some dirt on his hands, steps up there. Burkeen pulls something out of his eye, grabs the ball now. Keen's wearing a sort of a gray-colored undershirt under his baseball shirt. Burkeen delivers. Steven swings on it. It's a popping ball right on the ground in front of the plate. Burkeen throws him out. And that's how he got the name Harry the Cat. He picked that up down in Houston when he could get down off that mound and feel those balls around the infield so nimbly. Came down off there like a wildcat. Pounced on that ball and threw out Mr. Stevens at first. So that was Harry the Cat in operation. One out. In the last, the fourth, Chet Labs, the left fielder, another right-handed hitter, stands in. Slide out to left his first time up. A deep fly it was, too. Let's a uh, three-quarter speed number go by because it's up high. Labs, pretty sturdy-looking gentleman, standing there. Square away in the batter's box. Outfield placing just a step to the left. Here it comes. He takes it low. Ball two. Two balls, no strikes on Chester Labs. Now Burkeen goes working around with the dirt out there on the mound. Grabs the ball in that left hand of his. Winds up. Left hands it in there. Labs swings on it. Slaps it for a hit right out into center field. Johnny Hopp is fielding it on about the fifth bounce and throws it back into second. Labs is on with hit number five off Harry Burkeen. Each team now has had five hits. But the cards are ahead by a score of four to nothing. George McQuinn, the first baseman, stands in. McQuinn is the leading hitter of the series. He has six hits so far. Got a hit his first time up this afternoon. Bats left-handed. One out. McQuinn swings on this one. It's right back to the mound. Burkeen has it. Throws McQuinn out at first. Labs goes to second on the play. And there was Harry the Cat again. Harry down off that mound like a flash when McQuinn popped that weak grounder back toward the mound, grabbed the ball on the grass halfway down to first and whipped him out at first. Two away. Stevens and McQuinn, both of them, have been retired by Burkeen. Labs is on at second and Mark Christman, who got a nice hit to right center field his first time up, stands in now, batting right-handed. Christman has had two hits in the series. Swings on that one, misses it by a big margin. Right-handed batter is Mark. Christman was called by Sewell, the most improved player on his squad this season. A pretty darn good third baseman, too. Rakeen stretching, looks at Labs leading off second pitches. Christman swings on a curve that broke away and low. He missed that one by some considerable distance. Two strikes. Now Emil Verbin runs in behind Chet Labs at second, sort of stirs him up a little bit. Outfield straight away on Christman. Two out, man at second. Two strikes on Christman. Here's the pitch. Christman takes a call. Third strike. He's out. In the last of the fourth, no runs. 
One hit, one man left on for the Browns. No errors by the Cardinals, who haven't made an error so far in the series. At the end of the fourth inning, the score is Cardinals four, Browns nothing. You've heard plenty of men beef about shaving. Also, you've heard Lou Boudreaux say this afternoon that shaving is mighty refreshing when you use the Gillette Blue Blade. Uh, suppose we go behind the scenes for a few seconds and see why the Gillette Blue Blade makes such a whale of a difference in how men can feel about shaving. Let me assure you that at shaving headquarters, nothing is overlooked. No facility is lacking to produce blades of unmatched keenness and durability. For instance, heading the various departments are graduates of leading technical institutions, specialists in metallurgy, chemistry, physics, mechanics, even electronics. Add all this up and it's easy to see why you get the most refreshing shaves, the quickest and best looking a man can have with today's Gillette Blue Blade. Inning number five. The top of the card batting order will stand in with Danny Litweiler leading off. Al, Al Hollingsworth on the mound. Litweiler has had one hit out of two times up today. He's had two hits in the series so far. That's right-handed. He's the left fielder. Swings and misses. A curveball left-handed in there now by Hollingsworth. A couple of left-handers out there battling it away. Harry Burkeen and Al Hollingsworth. Hollingsworth delivers. Litweiler swings on it. It's a hard grounder down to Stevens at shortstop. He's got it. The throw in time. Litweiler is out. Short to first. Speedy Johnny Hop. Bats. Left-handed hitter with a big number 12 on his back. So the gentleman from the great Midwestern state of Nebraska stands in there and starts swinging the club. Got a single in the first inning. Struck out in the third. Hollingsworth left-hands it in there. A call strike. A very fast-breaking curve that came in just above the knees to Hop. The third baseman, Mark Christmas, playing in close on Hop. Hop likes to butt him down that line, beat him out with that speed of his. There's a slow ball that he swung on and fouled off onto the ground to the left. It was one of those on which Hollingsworth pulled the string, and Hop went after it as if to murder it. And as so often happens on those, he popped it off harmlessly, a foul ball on the ground to the left of the plate. Two strikes on Hop. Hollingsworth winds it up, delivers it. It almost hits Hop. He twists away quickly. And it's a good thing for his personal comfort at the moment that he's quick. He is quick. Twisted away like a flash on that one. It was in very close. Outfield is cut just a bit to the right on Hop. Here it comes. Hop swings on it. It's a high fly to left. Labs running in under it. Sunglasses glistening in the sun. He's got it. Midway out in left field. Two out in the top of the fifth inning. Nobody on. Musio, who has been one great big batch of poison to the Browns up there at the plate this afternoon. He has slapped out a homer and a single in two times up. So the pelting pole from Pennsylvania comes through today. Hollingsworth pitches to him a slow ball. Too low, ball one. Boy, Musial began his career as a pitcher, but he could hit too well for that, so they made him an outfielder. And he's a good one. Here he is in that semi-crouch of his, waiting for the pitch. Here it comes. He takes it inside. Ball two. Musial goes clear back to the back of the batter's box. Then just before the ball is pitched to him, he's standing just midway away from the plate. He crouches, holds the bat up behind him. Here it comes. 
He lets it go. Ball three. Pitch inside. Hollingsworth taking no chances with his power hitter, Stan Musial. Musial finished up the season, you know, batting second in the National League, right behind Dixie Walker of Brooklyn. And he was the most valuable player in the league last year, so voted by the newspaper writers. Now Hollingsworth fogs in a call strike on him, the automatic number. Musial looks down at third where Billy Southworth, the manager, is coaching to get the signal. The count is three balls, one strike. Here it comes. He takes it, and Musial is walked. That's the first walk given up by Hollingsworth. First walk given up in the whole ball game. Puts a man on first, brings up Walker Cooper. Big husky fella. Weighs about 210, stands about 6'2". Lives out here in Webster Groves, a beautiful suburb of St. Louis. Born in Atherton, Missouri. Right-handed batter walker. Had one hit out of two times up today. Takes a long grip on that big club. Swings and misses. Hollingsworth fed him an inside curve. Cooper went for it in vain. Outfield is straight away on Walker Cooper and very, very deep, particularly in left. Hollingsworth works overhand. Cooper swings on it. It's a hard ground ball to Stevens at shortstop. The play at second, forcing Musial retires the side. Walker Cooper hits into a force play. Musial is out at second, shortstop to second baseman. And in the top of the fifth inning for the Cardinals, no runs, no hits, one man left on, no errors by the Brownies. And now as we go into the last half of the fifth inning, the score is 4 to nothing with the cards out in front. And here to bring you the remainder of this ball game, our colleague out here, the other member of our Cavalcade of Sports trio, Don Dunphy. Don, here she is. Thank you, Bill Slater. Good afternoon again, everyone. As we move into the last half of the fifth inning, it's four to nothing in favor of the Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals four, the St. Louis Browns nothing. I'd like to remind you, listeners, that the facilities and services of the Baseball Commissioner, the National and American Leagues of Professional Baseball Clubs, the St. Louis National Baseball Club, and the St. Louis American League Club have been furnished gratuitously to War Relief and Service Fund Incorporated, which is conducting this game. And the Baseball Commissioner, Leagues, and Clubs are acting as agents for War Relief and Service Fund Incorporated in conducting this game. Now the last half of the fifth inning, and the Brownies, who are leading in the series two games to one, are trailing in this important fourth game four to nothing. The Cardinals, having gotten two runs in the first inning, one hop single and Musial banged out a home run, and two more on a lot of hitting and an error in the third inning. Four to nothing. Hayworth is up. Coming into the last half of the fifth for the Browns. And Harry the Cat Brokeen tosses a fastball down on the inside corner. Strike one. Hayworth banged into a fast double play in the second inning. Right hand batter. Brokeen goes into his motion. The pitch. A high foul going up. Behind third base, Kurowski goes racing over to the boxes but can't get it, but he gave it a try. Goes up on the boxes. Down the left field line, Kurowski went racing out after. And that is strike two. Brookeen has given up five hits, struck out three, and hasn't walked anyone. His control has been superb. Four to nothing, favor the Cardinals. The Brownies, the home team this afternoon, up in the last half of the fifth inning. Time is called for a moment while Kurowski comes back to his post. Kurowski, Marion, Verbin, and Sanders in the Cardinal infield. 
Litwala, Hop, and Musial from left to right in the outfield. Walker Cooper catching. And Harry, the cat for Keen, on the mound. The slim left-hander is getting the sign. Here's the pitch. And there's a high foul down the right field line. Ray Sanders is going back, going back, close to the stands, and he takes it, a great catch. That was a wonderful catch by Ray Sanders, though perhaps Red Hayworth doesn't think so. It was a high twisting foul down the right field line. It came twisting down, and at the last moment, Sanders running at three-quarter speed had to stab for it with his gloved hand, and he took it. Here's Al Hollingsworth, brownie pitcher, making his first appearance at the plate in this game, a left-hand batter. Rakeen goes into his motion. Hollingsworth waits. The pitch. A curve comes over the inside corner. Strike one. Outfield straight away for Hollingsworth. He's a big fellow. Here's the pitch. A ground ball down towards first. Mary Sanders has it, races for the bag, and steps on it. He's out. Hollingsworth out to the first baseman unassisted. Two out, nobody on. Don Gutteridge, the Brownie leadoff man coming up. Don struck out in the first inning and banged a single to center in the third. One of the five hits given up by Harry Brookeen. Late umpire is George Pipgrass, John Ziggy Sears at first, Bill McGowan at second, and Tom Dunn at third. Two out, nobody on. There's the pitch. Swung and missed. Strike one. Gutteridge went around on a fastball. That came up very, very fast. No balls, one strike to count. Manager Luke Sewell coaching a third. Freddie Hoffman at first for the Browns. Rakeen goes into his motion. Here it comes. And it's fouled right back to the screen. Strike two. No balls, two strikes. Last half of the fifth inning. Cardinals leading four to nothing. And the Browns one game ahead in the series, two games to one. And another big game tomorrow. Two strikes on Gutteridge. Rakeen winds up. Left hands it in. Too close. Ball one. Fastball. Gutteridge pulled back from it. One ball, two strikes to count. Gutteridge, a patient waiter, has all good leadoff men are. It stands there rather nonchalantly. Rakeen goes into his motion. Here it comes. And there's a line drive headed out towards left, down the left field line, a hit. Litwiler takes it on a big hop, whips it into second. Gutteridge goes halfway down and then slips back to first. A hit. A smashing liner down the left field line for Gutteridge, his second hit in three tries. Mike Kravich coming up, getting a round of applause. The Brownie crowd is starting to stir. Kravich has one hit and two tries, a single to left in the first. He flied out to left in the third. Two out, Gutteridge on. Outside, ball one, a quick throw to first by Walker Cooper. Gutteridge back safely, a snap throw. The hit by Gutteridge, number six off Brakeen. Trevich bats right-handed. They play him deep a bit to the left. Here's the pitch. 
A drive back to the box, and Brakeen nails it before it gets through. A line drive and a great play by the Cardinal pitcher. Krivik smashing a liner back to Brakeen, who sat down as he caught it, but he held it. In the fifth inning, Browns, no runs, one hit, one left, and no errors by the Cardinals. At the end of five innings, the score, St. Louis Cardinals four, the Browns nothing. Here is Dutch Leonard, famous knuckleballer of the Washington Senators, who set the Detroit Tigers down on the last day of the season. I've heard him say some nice words about Gillette Brushless, which I want him to pass along to you fans. It's all yours, Dutch. Go ahead. Sure enough, Don, and hello, fans. I'll say a good word for Gillette Brushless any old time. I sure like the way it tames those whiskers of mine. Why, it's the greatest speed merchant I ever saw when it comes to fixing a guy up for a comfortable shave. Should I say more? Not much time left, Dutch. But thanks for helping me put the fans wise to the fastest acting, most thoroughgoing brushless in the business. And by the way, Gillette Brushless is also grease-free. It can't clog your razor or wash bowl drain. Get a tube at your dealers. Only 25 cents. Here's the first half of the sixth inning, and the Cardinals are still out in front, four to nothing, as Ray Sanders comes to bat. Ray struck out in the first inning and got on by a error by Gutteridge in the third. Hollingsworth, a left-hander, delivers. Sanders swings and misses. Strike one. Hollingsworth going into his motion. A slow ball. Fails to get the corner. It's ball one. He pulled up, a change of pace ball. Sanders let it go by. One and one the count. Sanders has three hits and 11 trips to the plate. He swings and bounces one foul down the right field line. Strike two. One and two the count. Sanders will be followed by Whitey Kurowski and Marty Marion. There's the pitch. Fouled right back off the umpire's chest protector. The count remains at one ball, two strikes. Cardinals have five hits today. All off Jakuki, who started for the Browns. And unless the Browns tie it up, he will be the losing pitcher. Al Hollingsworth, big fellow, goes into his motion. Here it is. A slow ball driven back over second base for a hit out into center field. Krevich comes in fast and tosses it back in. Sanders gets the first hit off Hollingsworth. A line single to center. That's hit number six for the Cardinals. Who are showing plenty of batting power this afternoon. Kurowski up. Whitey fly to center in the second inning and was out short to first in the third. Score four to nothing. Favor the Cardinals in the sixth inning. Here's the pitch. A fastball on the outside corner. Strike one. Hollingsworth got that up very fast. Hollingsworth getting the sign from Red Hayworth. Tex Shirley, a right-hander, warming up for the Browns. Here's the pitch. A bunt down towards third. Chrisman lets it go foul. No sacrifice. Nothing at all now except a foul strike. The attempted sacrifice bunt by Kurowski was allowed to roll foul by Chrisman. Strike two on the batter. Chrisman pounced in there very fast, but 
his judgment of the play decided that he should let it go. Hollingsworth, cool customer out on the mound, gets the sign from catcher Hayworth. Now goes into a stretch. Sanders on first. None out. Here's the pitch. Swung and missed. He struck him out. Strikeout number one for Hollingsworth. One out. Marty Marion coming up. Marion has been up twice in this game and failed to connect. Out short to first in the second and second to first in the fourth. Got four hits and 13 trips to the plate. Right-hand batter, they play him pretty deep, a bit to the left. Hollingsworth going into his motion, delivers. And there's a line drive headed out into left center field. Labs goes over, can't get it. It bounces over his head into the fence. Sanders is coming around, coming around third to score. And Marion is down on second base. The score is five to nothing, favor the Cardinals. Marty Marion comes in with a rousing two-base hit to score Sanders. A line drive out into left center, which bounced off Lab's outstretched glove into the fence and caromed back into his hand, and he tossed it back in. Five to nothing. Favor the Cardinal. Verbanoff, he's been up twice without a hit. That's Marion's third double of the series. Here's the pitch. A line drive headed out into center field. Krevich comes in fast, takes it, and tosses back in. Marion stays at second. Verbin. Connecting solidly, lines out to center to Krevich for the second time in a row. Two out. Marion on second. One run in. The score five to nothing. Favor the Cardinals. Brakeen coming up, getting a nice hand. Harry Brakeen struck out in the third inning and was out third to first in the fourth. Hollingsworth stretches, throws. And there's a bouncer back to the mound. Hollingsworth waits for it. Throws. He's out. Burkina out. Pitcher to first. Cardinals add to their lead in the sixth inning. One run. Two hits. One left. And no brown errors. At the end of the first half of the sixth inning, the score, St. Louis cards five. The Browns, nothing. Here, Bill Corum at his best right after the game ends. Enjoy his keen analysis, his human interest angles, his brilliant highlights. Stay tuned for Bill Corum of the New York Journal-American Sports Staff. Well, time is running out on the Browns now, but they're still very much in this ball game. We've seen them come from behind before in this series against the Cardinals, and then again we've seen the Cardinals come from behind against them. Going into the last half of the sixth inning, St. Louis Cardinals five, and the American League Browns nothing. Gene Moore, Vern Stephens, and Chet Labs will come up for the Browns in the last half of the sixth inning. Moore has been up twice in this game without a hit. He flied to center in the first inning and struck out in the third. Brakeen has given up six hits, struck out three, and hasn't walked any. Ball being tossed around the Cardinal infield. Kurowski at third, Marion at short, Bourbon at second, Sanders at first. Walker Cooper the catcher, Brakeen pitching. Litwiler, Hop, and Musial from left to right in the outfield. Moore steps in, 
Baltimore has four hits in the series and 14 trips to the plate. Here's the pitch. The left-handed battery takes the first one for ball one, just a little bit high. One and nothing. One ball, no strike. Stevens on deck. Moore keeps pumping that bat. Rakeen whips it in. And it's a foul bunt. Moore tried to bunt, running with it, and fouled it back. One strike, one and one. New baseball tossed out by plate umpire George Pipgrass of the American League. Rakeen's ready. One ball, one strike on the batter, Gene Moore. There's the pitch. Outside. Very fast ball. Outside, though, for ball two and strike one. Two and one. Crowd sitting anxiously on the edge of the seat. Here it comes. He swings and drives a long one deep out at the center field. Johnny Hop goes back and takes it over his head for an out. Moore lines deep out into center field with Johnny Hop. Moore was robbed of a hit by Hop in the first inning. Johnny made a circus catch out there. Stevens up. One out. Byrne has been twice thrown out of first base in this game. Right-hand hitter. Here's the pitch. He swings and misses a low curve. Strike one. Outfield very deep for Stevens who led the American League in driving in runs with 109. They're a bit to the left, too, in the outfield. Here it is. Outside, ball one. Sharp curve, down low. One and one. Rakeen is very fast and a fast worker. Here's the pitch. There's a high pop-up going out into center field. Hop is waiting for it, moves around under it, and takes it. Stephens flies out to center. Two out. Both going out the same way. Chet Labs coming up. Labs flied to left in the second. Single to center in the fourth. There's two home runs. Last Sunday each. Coming with Mike Krivich on base. Beat the Yankees and won the pennant. For the Browns. Two out. Nobody on. Five to nothing in favor of the Cardinals. Last half of the sixth inning. Rakeen winds up. Throws. Curve inside, ball one. One and nothing. Rakeen comes in to talk to plate umpire Pipgrass. At least he came halfway in. Now he's going back to the rubber. One ball, no strikes. Labs up. There's the pitch. A low curve. Ball two, two and nothing. Cardinal infield, talking it up. Plenty of ginger out there. Rakeen in his motion. Here it is. Labs swings. There's a line drive headed out to left. Litwiler comes in. Can't get it. Labs is rounding first. He's trying for second. He's going in. He's safe. A line drive headed out into left field. Litwiler tried to make a shoestring catch. Deflected the ball. It got away from him. It's a two-base hit. And that stirs up the brown crowd. Labs, a line double. Out into left. His second hit in three tries. His second hit in 11 trips to the plate in the series. 
Hit number seven off for Keane. As old reliable George McQuinn comes to bat for the Browns. McQuinn single to left in the second and was out. Pitcher to first in the fourth. Here it is. A curve outside. Ball one. One and nothing. Two out. Labs on second. Brown's trying to get into the scoring column here. Make it a little closer. Here's the pitch. A strike. A curve placed on the outside corner. One ball, one strike. McQuinn bats left-handed. Tex Shirley warming up in the Browns' bullpen. He's a right-hander. Rakeen stretches. Here's the pitch. A curve is low. Ball two. Two and one. Now for the first time in the series, the crowd claps in unison. And right now it seems to be a predominantly brown crowd. Listen to that. Two out, man on second. McQuinn up. Here's the pitch. And it's fouled right back on the screen. Two and two. McQuinn met a breaking curve, but not solidly. Two balls, two strikes. Two out. Labs on second. Outfield deep, a bit to the right for McQuinn. Now Burkina is taking plenty of time, rubbing up a new ball. He tries the rosin bag. Rubs up the ball again. He's going to grip that the way he wants to. Already, Labs on second, two out. McQuinn up with a two and two count. Burkean gets the sign from Big Walker Cooper. This is an important pitch. He stretches. Here it is. He swings and fouls it down at home plate, right down in the dirt. And the situation remains the same. McQuinn fouling it down in the dirt. Two and two. Score is the Cardinals five, the Browns nothing. The Brownies, however, have a one-game edge, two to one. This is the fourth game of the 1944 World Series. Burkean looks in. All right, he's ready. McQuinn waits. Here's the pitch. It's fouled right back. Another sharp curveball. Foul back on the screen. The count is two and two. A huge throng out here at Sportsman's Park in St. Louis. And perfect World Series weather. Chet Labs, who doubled... With two out, is down on second. McQuinn at bat. Brakeen gets the sign again. Labs has a sizable lead off second. Here's the pitch. High. Ball three. A full count now. Three and two. A fastball just over the shoulders. Now Brakeen asks umpire Pipgrass for a new ball, tossing in the old one. He gets it. Ran to the count. Five to nothing, favor the Cardinals. The Browns at bat on the last half of the sixth inning. Crowd talking it up. 
Ran to the count. Here's the pitch. And it's high. He walked him. Ball four. That is the first base on balls given up by Brookeen, whose control up to this time has been perfect. With two brownies on, Labs on second, McQuinn on first, Mark Christman up. Two out, two on. Here's the pitch. A curve comes over for a strike, nipping the outside corner. Strike one. And now there is activity in the Cardinal bullpen. Blix Donnelly, the ace relief hurler, warming up as Brakeen is in trouble here in the last of the six. Here's the pitch. Outside, ball one, one and one. Christman looking them over. One ball, one strike. Two out, two on. Christman crowds the plate a little bit. Right hand bat of the pitch. A ground ball down to third. Kurowski has it over to second. A force out, ending the inning. Chrisman bangs into a force out. McQuinn out at second, ending the inning. In the sixth inning, the Browns, no runs, one hit, two left, and no errors by the Cardinals. At the end of six innings, the Cardinals five, the Browns nothing. Man, Uncle Sam has posted an emergency help wanted sign on the Pacific coast. Skilled and unskilled workers with certificates of availability are needed there immediately in the Navy Yard, supply depots, and air stations. Your home will be reserved and free transportation furnished to get you there. Good jobs are waiting for mechanics, foundrymen, electricians, steel workers, steam fitters, and many others. Wanted also are unskilled men and women. You'll have a hand in maintaining and supplying the ships and planes of our fighting Navy so that they can slug those Japs for keeps. You can stay on after victory, too, and help build up America's peacetime fleet. If you're a physically fit American citizen, not engaged in vital war work, get the facts right now at your nearest U.S. Employment Service office or from your civil service representative. There's a change in catchers now for the St. Louis Browns. Hayworth is out of the ball game, and Frank Mancuso is making his first appearance behind the bat. He came up as a pinch hitter the other day and banged out a single for the Browns. Mancuso, Frank Mancuso behind the bat. Tell you more about him later. Danny Litwiler leading off the seventh inning for the Cardinals. Hollingsworth delivers a slow ball, and it's wrapped on a line out at the center. Krevich comes in. Can't get it. It bounds away. Litwiler is trying for two. The throw into second. He's, he's out. He's out at second, trying to make a double. Litwiler drove a line drive into center field. And Krevich, typical of the play of the Browns outfielder today, came tearing in after it. Couldn't make the catch. It rolled away from him. And then the left fielder, Labs, came over, backing up, whipped a throw into Gutteridge, and Litwiler, sliding in on his stomach, was out at second base. A thrilling World Series play here in St. Louis. A single for Litwiler, and he's out at second. We'll score that eight to seven to four. Johnny Hop up, left-hand batter. Down low, ball one. By the way, that's Litwiler's second hit of the game and four trips to the plate. Hop at bat has one out of three. Hollingsworth winds up. Here it comes. And there's a line drive headed out towards left field. Labs comes in. Can't get it. 
It's a single as he tosses it back in. Pop gets his second hit in four trips to the plate. A single to left. That's four hits off Hollingsworth, five off Jacuki, who preceded him, nine and all for the Cardinals. Musial up. Musial hit a home run, singled, and walked. Drove in two runs, scored two. Left-hand batter. Hop on first. Musial up. There's the pitch. A line drive headed out to left field. Down the line, a hit. It's rolling on the foul line. Hop. Hop is going into third base, and Musial into second with a two-base hit. Stanley Musial gets his third hit of the day. A line double down the left field line. He swung late and poked it over the third baseman's head, over Christman's head, for a double. Hop is now on third. Musial on second. That's hit number ten for the Cardinals. Walker Cooper is being purposely passed. Walker Cooper will be passed to fill the bases. One out. They're going to try to set up a double play. Tex Shirley warming up very hard out in the Browns bullpen as Hollingsworth is in trouble now in the seventh inning. The Cardinals are leading five to nothing. There's ball four. Cooper with a base on balls going down to first. That's the second pass given up by Hollingsworth. And Ray Sanders comes up. Ray struck out in the first, got on by Gutteridge's error. Scoring a run in the third and single to center in the sixth inning. Sanders didn't score the run in the third, but he scored one as a result of the error. First pitch to him is close, ball one. Musial was on second when Sanders wrapped that ball, which went through Gutteridge, and Stanley came in. Sanders up, five to nothing. Favor the cards and the... It's a full deck. Three on, three cards on base. He swings and lifts a pop-up to the infield. An automatic out. The infield fly. Gutteridge is taking it. The runners hold on. Sanders pops out to the second baseman. Two out. There's Kurowski coming up. Kurowski fly to center in the second. Out short to first in the third and struck out in the sixth inning. Kurowski has three hits and 15 trips to the plate in the series. Always dangerous. Right-hand batter. Up on third, Musial on second, Walker Cooper on first. Two out. Very tight, tense situation here. Hollingsworth winds up the pitch. There's a long drive headed out to center field. Krevich is going back to the fence, going back, and he makes it right against the fence for a great catch, ending the inning. Mike Krevich, the never-say-die center fielder of the Browns, went tearing back to the center field fence, took the ball and crashed into the fence as Kurowski flied out with the bases filled. In the Cardinals, the seventh inning, no runs, three hits, three left, and no Brown errors. At the end of the first half of the seventh, the Cardinals five, the Browns nothing. Well, there we had an inning where the Cardinals got two singles, a double, a base on balls, and failed to score. The fly in the ointment, of course, was that Litwall who singled was out trying to make a double of it. For an full of good listening, stay tuned at the end of today's game for Bill Corum's brilliant analysis and colorful highlights. Last half of the seventh inning now. Frank Mancuso coming to bat. He banged out a pinch single in Thursday's game. 
Frank's a Texan, born in Galveston, lives in Houston. Six feet tall, 190 pounds, 25 years old. Honorable discharge from the U.S. Army in 1943. He had been a paratrooper. He's up now. Brookeen delivers a call strike coming over the inside corner. Strike one. Last year, Mancuso in the Army heard the World Series by short wave. He hits the next pitch, a long fly out into right field. Musial races over and makes the catch close to the foul line. Mancuso flies to Musial and right. One out. There probably will be a pinch hitter here for Hollingsworth. We'll schedule a bat next. Tex Shirley, a right-hander. Warming up out in the bullpen for the Browns. Milton Burns, an outfielder. A left-hand batter. B-Y-R-N-E-S. Milt Burns is going to bat for Hollingsworth. Brookeen goes into his motion. There's the pitch. Fastball high, ball one. Burns is all St. Louis, born and lives here, 28 years old. 1943, his rookie year with the Browns, he hit 280 and fielded 997, an American League record. Pitch fouled right back. Strike one, one and one. Last half of the seventh inning, the Cardinals lead five to nothing. Outfield plays Burns deep and a bit to the right. Harry Brookeen on the mound for the Cards has given up seven hits, but he's been very stingy when there were men on base. Gave up seven hits, struck out three, walked one. Here's the pitch. Outside, Burns took it for ball two, two and one. Red Hayworth is out of the game now. He suffered a groin injury when Marty Marion's foul ball bounced off the ground and hit him. A strike, a fastball in the outside corner. Two and two. Walker Cooper gives a sign. Rakeen winds up. Here's the pitch. And it's too close. All three. Full count now. Three and two. At last was a curveball that broke in on the batter under the handle of the bat. Three and two. There's the pitch. Outside, he walked him. Based on balls to Burns, the pinch hitter. Trotting down to first. And Don Goodridge, who seems to have found his batting eye today, comes up. That's the second base on balls given out by Brookeen. That one to Burns. Goodridge struck out in the first and then banged singles in the third and fifth innings. Five to nothing, the Cards lead. One out in the last of the seventh. Harry stretches. Goodridge waits the pitch. Goodridge drives a ground ball right to Kurowski. A throw to second. Out over to first. And the ball gets away from Sanders, but Gutteridge was down the line too far and has to stay at first. He made the turn to the right rather than to the left and could not advance on a throw by Verbin, which over, went over Sanders' head, so there's no error on the play. Gutteridge banged a hard ground ball to Kurowski's left. Kurowski made a nice stop, tossed down to second base, retiring Burns on a force out. Verbin throwing over Sanders' head to the boxes, but Gutteridge is still on first. No error on the play. Mike Krivich up. Mike has one out of three today, a single. Cards lead five to nothing. Last of the seventh. The Browns lead in games two to one. 
Here's the pitch. A strike, a curveball coming down the middle. Strike one. Free pitch up. One out of three today. Gene Moore on deck. Burkeen stretches the pitch. He swings, bounces it back to the mound. Burkeen, the cat, has it. Throws him out. Kravich ends the inning. Going out, pitcher to first. The Browns in the seventh. No runs. No hits. One left. And no cardinal errors. At the end of the seventh inning, the score. The Cardinals five. The Browns nothing. As Dutch Leonard put it a while ago, Gillette Brushless is the greatest speed merchant in the shaving league. Now, here's the reason it speeds shaving and makes it so much more comfortable. Gillette Brushless removes moisture-resisting oil from your stubble almost instantly. Thus, your whiskers quickly absorb the water you put on your face before applying the cream. Fans, it works like magic. In two shakes of a lamb's tail, every bristle is saturated and softened. Then your Gillette Blue Blade just skims your beard off cleanly and comfortably. When you're through shaving, rub in the cream that remains on your face. Instead of being dried out, taut, and red, your skin will feel soft, smooth, and refreshed. Ask your dealer for Gillette Brushless, the cream that speeds shaving and tones your skin. You pay only a quarter and get swell shaves. Alvis, text Shirley, S-H-I-R-L-E-Y, a right-hander, is coming in now to pitch for the St. Louis Browns. Jacuki started. He'll probably be the loser, or he will be the loser unless it's tied up, followed by Hollingsworth. Now it's Shirley, who won five and lost four during the season. Shirley was born in Birthright, Texas, which is probably why they call him Tex. He won five and lost four during the campaign. And now he prepares to pitch for the first man up for the Cardinals, Marty Marion. Shirley, a big right-hander, delivers outside for ball one. Shirley is six feet one, weighs 180 pounds, 26 years old. Marion up, he got a double the last time up. One out of three today. There's the pitch. A crossfire pitch for a strike. One and one, one ball, one strike. Marion twice has bluffed a bunt, but he hasn't yet. Here it is. And a driven foul down in the dirt, rolling near the Browns' dugout. Strike two, one and two. Charlie goes into his motion. Here's the pitch. Struck him out. Marion went down swinging on a fastball. One out. Emil Verbin up. The attendance today, ladies and gentlemen, 35,455. The total receipt, $153,000. $153,678. up. he's been up three times without a hit, although he's been hitting that ball hard. He swings and drives the grounder past Christman's glove. Stephens goes back, makes the catch of it, and then throws to first too late. Bourbon safe. It's a single. Bourbon bounced one high past Christman, who deflected it. Stephens went back, picked it up, whipped it to first, not in time. That's a hit for Bourbon. Here's Burkeen coming up. Keen has been up three times without a hit. Left-hand batter. Christman, the third baseman, moves in for a bunt. Here's the pitch. He bunts it back to the mound. There's a throw to second. In time, over to first, not in time. A force out at second. 
Rakeen bunted back to the mound. Shirley making a good play. Whipped a throw down to Stephens. Stevens covered second, threw over to first, but not in time for double play. Burkina is safe on a fourth out, and Bourbon is retired at second. Two out. Litweiler up. He's got two out of four today. Right-hand batter. In case you tuned in late, the Cardinals moved out in front in the first inning when Hop single and scored on a homer by Musial. Two more runs in the third, and one in the sixth. First pitch to Litwala outside. Ball one. One and nothing. Two out and Burkeen on first. Litwala bats right-handed. Here's the pitch. Fouled right back. Strike one and one. One ball, one strike. Outfield is shade to the left. The Browns talking it up. There's the pitch. A low curve. Ball two. Too low. Two and one. Johnny Hop on deck. Cardinals have made 11 hits today. They really exploded. One of them a mighty home run by Stanley Musial over the right field roof in the first inning. Shirley stretches. Litwile awaits. Here's the pitch. A fastball is low. Ball three. Three and one. Three balls, one strike. Hop on deck. Here's the pitch. And it's outside. Ball four. He walked him. Litwile on first. Rakeen on second. And Johnny Hop at bat. Johnny single and scored a run ahead of Musial in the first inning. Struck out in the third, flied out in the fifth, and single again in the seventh. The left-hand batter. Stanley Musial on deck. Two on, two out. Shirley delivers. Too close. Ball one. One and nothing. Frank Mancuso is the catcher for the Browns now. Replacing Hayworth, who was slightly injured. Frank is the brother of Gus Mancuso of the Giants and looks a lot like him. One ball. Johnny Hop at bat. Hippity Hop. Two out. Men on first and second. Shirley delivers. And it's high. Ball two. Two and nothing. Manager Billy Southworth coaching a third for the cards. Mike Gonzalez at first. Here's the pitch. And it's a high foul over near the screen. Mancuso coming back under it. He's got it. Hop ends the inning by fouling out to Mancuso, the catcher. In the Cardinal eighth inning, no runs. One hit. Two left. And no errors by the Browns. At the end of the first half of the eighth inning, the Cardinals five, the Browns nothing. Listen to Bill Corum when he talks it over at the end of today's game. You'll enjoy his analysis and highlights. Stay tuned for Bill Corum. Last half of the eighth inning. Already now, 
Ball whipped around the infield. Nine Cardinals have been left on so far. Five in the last two innings. More up. Left-hand batter. The brown crowd starting to stir things up again. Burkeen getting the sign from Walker Cooper. Left hands it in. And it's fouled right off the umpire's chest protector. Big George Pipgrass wearing that chest protector. Strike one. They're handy gadgets when those fouls come back. Did you ever notice that the American League umpires wear the chest protector outside the clothing? And the National League umpires wear it inside the jacket. Here's the pitch. It's low, down in the dirt. Ball one, one and one. Pipgrass examines the ball, tosses it out, puts a new one in. Burkeen goes into his motion. Here's the pitch. And it's outside, just missing the corner. Ball two, strike one. Outfield a bit to the left. Flick Stanley warming up in the Cardinal bullpen as insurance. Here's the pitch. It's high. Ball three. Three and one now. Manager Luke Stowell shouting encouragement from the third base coaching box. Freddie Hoffman doing ditto down at first. Burkeen delivers. And he walked him. Up high. Ball four. Stevens up. Byrne has been up three times without a hit today. Moore is on first. And Donnelly is throwing harder in the Cardinal bullpen. Rakeen stretches. Here's the pitch. It's outside. Ball one. Now the crowd is catching the excitement, talking it up, shouting, yelling. One and nothing. Harry stretches, Burn waits. Here's the pitch. He swings and fouls it in the stands back of first base. Strike, one and one. Hard-hitting long ball, Vern Stevens at bat. Led the American League with 109 runs batted in during the late campaign. Playing a powerful game at short in this series. Here's the pitch. And there's a long drive headed out to right field. Musial backs up to the fence. It bounces off the screen. It's a hit. Going into third base is Moore, but Stevens pounces on first for a single. Brent Stevens blasted a long fly off the right field screen. Musial waited for it to come down and ripped a rifle throw into second base. Moore going to third, and Stevens was held on first by Musial's great throw. Men on first and third, nobody out, and here's Chet Lab, who today flied to left, singled and doubled. Donnelly warming up hard out in the bullpen. Lab's up. Now the crowd's really active. Listen to them. All right, here's the pitch. A line ground ball back to Marion, over to second, over to first. A double play. The run scores. (laughs) 
once again, the greatest fielding shortstop in baseball today comes through in the clutch. Lab smashed a potential base hit to Marion's left. The octopus went tearing over, scooped it up, flipped a throw over to Verbin for a force out on Stevens. Verbin whirled, pivoted over to first base, and Labs was out a double play. More scoring, and now it's five to one. McQuinn up, outside, ball one. Nobody on now. Another great fielding play by the great Marty Marion. Saved his pitcher, Harry Brakeen. Turned in a potential hit into a double play. Marion to Bourbon to Sanders. Stevens out at second, Labs out at first. Quick as a flash. Two out now, nobody on, McQuinn up. One ball on him. McQuinn bats left-handed. Harry goes into his motion. Here's the pitch. And there's a ground ball back to short. Marion has it. Throws. He's out. Quinn out. Short to first. And the Browns in the eighth inning break into the scoring column. One run. One hit. None left. And no errors by the Cardinals. At the end of the eighth inning, the score is the Cardinals five, the Browns one. This World Series broadcast comes to you with the best wishes of the folks at Shaving Headquarters who tell you frankly that ordinary water is what takes the argument out of tough whiskers and makes shaving easier. There's the reason Gillette Lather Shaving Cream is such a thorough, fast-acting beard softener and the favorite among men who want good-looking, comfortable shaves. Gillette Cream absorbs abundant moisture as a sponge does and releases it freely, saturating every bristle. The lather stays damp on your face, keeping the stubble soft while you shave. You get slick, refreshing shaves and save money, too. Gillette Shaving Cream actually produces up to four times as much lather as most other brands. Yes, I said four times, which is the difference between two bits and a whole buck. So ask for Gillette Lather Shaving Cream, a quarter, and save plenty. This is Don Dunphy back at Sportsman's Park, St. Louis. The ninth inning of the fourth game of the World Series of 1944 coming up. The Cardinals leading the Browns 5-1 to one in all St. Louis series. Stanley Musial, and they haven't gotten him out yet, is coming up for the card. A home run in the first, a single and a run scored in the third, a walk in the fifth, and a double in the seventh for Stanley. Shirley throws the curve inside, ball one. Takes Shirley, a right-hander. Third brown pitcher working. Here it comes. And there's a ground ball going down to Gutteridge. Don has it to throw. In time, and not by too much time either. Musial was down there like a flash. Musial thrown out. Second to first. Willis Hudlin, a veteran right-hander, is warming up in the Browns' bullpen. Walker Cooper up. He's got one out of three officially. Right-hand hitter. They play him deep and straight away. Here's the pitch. And there's a line drive headed deep out into center field. Krevich is going back. Going back, can't get it. It bounces next to the flagpole. Cooper is rounding second. His long legs carrying him around. There he goes into third. He's rounding third. He's coming home. Here's the throw in. He is out. Walker Cooper got the best hit of the series. A line drive over Kravitz's head to the flagpole in center field, but he's out trying for a home run on it. 
The final peg to get him out was thrown in by Stevens, and Cooper was out, standing up by about 10 feet at home plate. The second out. Sanders up. There's a strike, a fastball on the inside corner. That relay was Kravich to Stevens to Mancuso. Eight to six to two. There's a line drive headed out to right field. Moore goes over and takes it. Sanders lines out to right. The Cardinals in the ninth inning. No runs, one hit, none left. No brown errors. As we go into the last half of the ninth inning, it's the Cardinals five, Browns one. And manager Billy Southworth, as he comes in, motions out to the Cardinal bullpen to Sylvester Blix-Tonley to keep ready. Stay tuned, fans, for Bill Corum and his colorful highlights of today's game right after the contest. Browns. In the do-or-die ninth inning, we'll bring up Mark Chrisman, Frank Mancuso, and probably a pinch hitter for Tex Shirley. Harry Brackeen, working for the Cardinals, has given up one run, eight hits, struck out three, and walked three. Chrisman, who is going to lead off the ninth inning for the Browns, single in the second, struck out in the fourth, and banged into a force play to end the sixth inning. Terry stands two games for the Browns, one for the Cardinals. The Browns won two to one on Wednesday. The Cardinals three to two on Thursday. The Browns six to two yesterday. And now the Cardinals are aiming to even it up. They lead five to one in the last half of the ninth inning. But those Browns are still very much in the contest. Only a great play by Marty Marion saved them, saved the Cardinals last inning. That has saved them from a little trouble anyway. Chrisman up. Brookeen, a left-hander. Getting the sign from Walker Cooper. Harry the Cat goes into his motion. The pitch, a strike, a fastball on the inside corner. Strike one. Donnelly is keeping loose out in the Cardinal bullpen. There's the pitch. Swung and missed. A slow curve. Chrisman went around on it. Strike two. Here it is. Strike three, a curveball on the outside corner. Chrisman called out on strike. Strikeout number four for Brakeen. Up now is Frank Mancuso. Frank slide to right in the seventh inning. He's been up twice in the series. Has a pinch hit single. One out of two for him. Right hand batter. The pitch. And there's a line drive headed out to left field. It's a hit. Litwiler goes over. Takes it on a big hop. Tosses it back in. A single for Mancuso. Two out of three in the series for him. He's hitting 666 now. Turner is coming up to bat. Tom Turner. 
Born in Custer, Oklahoma. Now lives in Peoria, Arizona. Scotch-Irish lad. He's just a half inch over six feet tall. Weighs 205 pounds. He's 28 years old. The Browns got him from the White Sox in July of this year. His fifth year in the majors. One out, one on. Turner up. Here's the pitch. A strike, a fastball on the outside corner. Strike one. Ray Sanders keeping Mancuso pretty close to first. One out, one on. One strike on the batter. Rakeen throws. And there's a fly ball going out into center field. Hop is coming in very fast. Shields his eyes and takes it. Mancuso stays on first. Turner, pinch hitter, flies out to center. Two out. Now the hopes of the Browns rest with Don Gutteridge, who today has two hits and four trips to the plate. Three hits and all in the series. The Browns are fighting it out to the very last. Gutteridge up, Krivich on deck. They've come from behind with two out before. But that Burkeen out there is pretty stout-hearted for the Cardinals. He's going to pitch till that arm falls off if he has to. Harry stretches. Here's the pitch. It's low. Ball one. One and nothing. Mancuso on first. Two out. And the Cardinals leading the Browns. Five to one. There it is. Outside. Ball two. Two and nothing. Two balls, no strikes. Donnelly is still warming up rather leisurely out in the Cardinal bullpen. There's the pitch. Outside. Ball three. And that stirs up the crowd again. Three and nothing on Gutteridge. Mancuso on first. The Browns have used three catchers today. They're full allotment of them. Two behind the bat. One is a pinch hitter. Now it's three and nothing on Gutteridge. Here it is. A strike. A fastball on the outside corner. Three balls. One strike. And now Gutteridge looks down at manager Luke Sewell coaching at third for a hitter take sign. Three and one the count. Mancuso on first. Here's the pitch. Low. He walked him. Ball four. Gutteridge goes to first. Mancuso goes to second. And that leaves it up to Mike Krivich. Krivich single the first time up in the first inning. And then was out the next three times. Slide to left. Line to, to the first baseman. And was out. Pitcher to first. Already. Keen with two on and two out gets ready to work on Krivich or vice versa Krivich bats righty outfield a bit to the left here's the pitch and there's a drive going down to the second baseman Bourbon has it a fourth out at second the ball game is over the Cardinals win five to one and the series is all even at two games apiece Krivich smacked a hard grounder which bounced once then into Bourbon's glove and it's a fourth out at second Bourbon to Marion, ending the ball game. In the ninth inning, Browns, no runs, one hit, one left, and no cardinal errors. The final score, 
is the St. Louis Cardinals, five. The St. Louis Browns, one. And now the series is all even at two games apiece. If the Browns win, the Cardinals win. The Browns win, the Cardinals win. And there's another big game tomorrow. You'll have Bill Corum's highlights of today's game in just one minute. He's on his way from the press box right now. Before Bill takes over, I want to back up our statement that no other blade, not one, is as sharp, easy shaving, or long-lasting as today's Gillette Blue Blades. Unlike ordinary blades, Gillette Blue Blades are produced in a great eight-story precision plant that covers two full city blocks. There you'd see the amazing machines and scientific instruments Gillette engineers have built exclusively for the manufacture and testing of Gillette Blue Blades. Huge electric furnaces in which the steel is tempered to glass-cutting hardness. Great finishing machines that grind, hone, and strop the steel in one continuous operation, producing edges so keen that their sharpness can be measured only by a beam of light. That's just the start of the story. But in view of the facts, I feel sure you'll agree that without comparable technical knowledge, specialized facilities, and skilled workmanship, it is impossible to produce a razor blade as sharp, as easy shaving, as long-lasting as today's vastly superior Gillette Blue Blade. Well, that's the ball game. The Cardinals 5, the Browns 1. I'm here in his inimitable style to sort of round it up for you as our colleague on these cavalcade of sports broadcasts, Bill Corum. Bill? Thank you, Don. And the boy from Broken Bow, Oklahoma, kind of shot the brownies dead here today. Before the biggest crowd that the series has seen to date, 35,455 persons paying $153,678, Harry Brickeen, the weasel as the boys call him, took the Browns in hand and for the first time since Morton Cooper did it last year against the Yankees, a Cardinal pitcher went the full distance as the Cardinals evened up the series. Five runs, 12 hits, and no errors, still no errors, have made an error in four games in the series. And for the Browns, one run, nine hits, and one error. The Browns used three pitchers, starting with Jack Chikuki, who gave way to a pitch hitter in the third inning. The veteran Al Hollingsworth, a local boy who's been all over the baseball map, came in and pitched very good ball, and he finally was relieved by Tex Shirley. And Tex Shirley is a young man who's got a lot of stuff, and he got a good fastball, but his control today wasn't exactly perfect. He was born, by the way, in a town called Birthright, Texas, and I guess he wouldn't sell that for any mess of pottage anyhow. Well, getting back to the hero of the game from a pitching standpoint, Louiso Brickeen, he comes out to Sportsman's Park here in an old Model T, and who do you think his chauffeur would be? Well, of course, you'd guess it was John Leonard Pepper Martin Order, the old racing driver himself. And tonight, the two boys will ride home in state. You can bet the two Oklahomans will go dashing back in that uh, car as fast as it will run and have a big time on the way home. This kid pitched great ball here today, wonderful ball. He got a defeat last year. I'm pretty sure my memory's right. He didn't start. This is the first World Series game he ever started. He started, he finished, he won it. But last year, he was charged with a defeat when he came in to relieve Max Lanier. And I guess that was the fourth game of the series. I'm pretty sure that's correct. He was very close today, Brakeen was, to scoring a shutout. Ernie White pitched the last Cardinal shutout against the Yankees in 42. And the last shutout that's been chucked in the World Series was done here in the last game last year by Chandler of the Yankees. 
This kid was mighty close. The Browns finally broke through for their run. And uh, as I say, they got nine hits off of him. But he never was in much danger after Musial smashed a home run onto the right field pavilion roof to set the Cardinals off with a two-run advantage, stealing the Browns' thunder of the one-two punch, a single and a home run. And after that, McKean was the kingpin of the ball game. Musial might have had a perfect day at bat and did have a perfect day at bat until his last time up hitting a homer, a double, and a single, and getting a base on balls in his first four trips to the plate, and that's pretty nice hitting. And Walker Cooper was hitting hard for the Cardinals. They were hitting much harder today as at any time in the series as their totals of 12 hits show. They were meeting the ball and hitting all these brown pitchers pretty good, except the left-handed Hollingsworth, who held them in check fairly well. Uh, Marion was hitting well and fielding beautifully, and that reminds me, I was a little embarrassed up here when I started this uh, uh, thing off this afternoon, talking about great shortstops, just picking them out of the air, as it were, and I turned around, and who should be standing behind me but the great shortstop and manager of the Cleveland Indians, Lou Boudreaux. And I was a pretty embarrassed fellow, but I really think of Boudreaux, although he is a perfect, a good feeling shortstop, a dandy, I think of him more as a hitter. He led the American League this year, as you know, Wakefield had the best percentage, the better percentage, but the official uh, verdict is that the leading hitter of the American League was Lou Boudreaux, the manager of the Indians, and I just want to say he's a good shortstop too. And I was talking uh, purely about fielders, and Marion again proved today, pulling Burkeen out of one hole with a beautiful double play when it looked like the Browns were going to threaten and might put on a real rally in the eighth inning. So now we come back, I am almost certain to the original pitchers tomorrow's big Sunday game. We come back here with uh, Mort Cooper for the Cardinals. That's a positive sense you can bet, uh, barring some untoward incident, that Cooper will start tomorrow's game for the Cards, and I imagine it'll be Denny Galehouse for the Browns, though there is a possibility that Sewell might try to come in there with Potter, who didn't pitch such uh, a long time the other day in his starting game, and might be in, and would be, I think, in perfectly good shape to start if Luke decided to do that. Now, this was an overall good ball game with, as I told you, the biggest crowd of the series so far here, 35,455, played again in perfect weather and uh, clean and fair and no wrangling and okay in every way. And so, fans, tomorrow, the St. Louis Browns and the St. Louis Cardinals go into the fifth game of this colorful series at 2.45 p.m. Eastern War Time. We'll be on the air to give you the story play-by-play as it happens. Until then, this is Bill Corum saying... Smooth sailing, smooth shaving, and good afternoon from your host, the Gillette Safety Razor Company, Don Dutphy and Bill Slater. This is Mutual. This is WGN, the voice of the people, Chicago 11.